You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 371 of Podcateers. This week, Disneyland hosts the world premiere of the Jungle Cruise film. We discuss how we feel about the new series behind the attraction on Disney+. Plus. And is Premiere Access going away from the streaming service? Plus, we follow up on some possible coincidences between WandaVision and the ending of Loki. We'd love for you to join the conversation over on Instagram, Facebook, or on Twitter. Just search for Podcateers. But we'd like to invite you to join our growing community over on Discord. You can find an invite in the blog post for this episode over at podcateers.com slash 371. Quick note, our official charity team, Team Boat Willie, will be participating in Walk for Hope to raise money to fight women's cancers. More information on how you can donate or join our team to help us fundraise will be available very soon. Plus, we have some auctions coming up to help with those efforts. If you're not following us on Instagram, now would be a really great time to start to keep up with when this information is posted. Before we jump into the podcast, I'd like to take a moment to thank a very special group of people known as the FGP Squad, or our podcast, Fairy Godparents, because it's their support via Patreon that helped make these episodes of Podcateers possible. As part of the FGP Squad family, you get some additional perks like exclusive discount codes for Podcateers gear, additional content like the Podcateers After Show, and access to our monthly happy hour calls, just to name a few. For more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, we invite you to check out podcateers.com FGP. And as always, a super special thank you goes out to the FGP Squad for their continued support. So that's it. It's time to do the podcast thing. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the Podcateers family. Thanks for hanging out with us, and we hope you come back for more. And for those of you that have been hanging with us weekly, we appreciate you and the time you spend with us. So here we go. This is episode 371 of Podcateers. It seems to be working okay. Guess what we just did? We just figured out we know the alphabet. Yay. I don't know. At least the first four. I love it. The most important ones. (laughs) How's it going, everyone? It is going. Moving along. Yeah, chugging along. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Now, I have to admit that the heat has not been my friend recently. It's been super crazy. I hate humidity. And so last night, all of a sudden, Mother Nature's like, hey, hey, you want me to mess with you? And I'm like, nah, we're good. And Mother Nature's like, no, 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 no. You want me to mess with you? I'm like, no, we're good. Like, I got this fan on. It feels like I finally got to a comfortable place. And Mother Nature's like, watch this. Thunder, lightning, rain. It was like in the tiki room, right? Like, boom, <laughs> it's like nothing. All of a sudden, there's all this rain happening out of nowhere. Andrew, Dude. did it rain up there? Like, SoCal was soaked for the most part. Yeah, I had uh, like four like remnants of droplets <laughs> on my windshield in the dust. Um, but that's about it. 
Um, I did have to run home today because they said it's going to rain, and I have a piece of furniture sitting outside that we're starting to move some furniture around in the house. And I'm like, okay, we'll just set this outside. It's the summer. It's going to be fine. And everybody's at work. They're like, it's going to be, uh, it's going to rain. So I had to run home and cover it up. But it didn't end up raining, which was fine. But, you know, better safe than sorry. But, yeah, four or five drops on the windshield. So not not uh, nearly as much as uh, you guys got. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Mel, Anaheim area, was was it really bad? Because it rained for four hours over here. I I must live under a dome because I swear I didn't see anything. I didn't, I didn't hear anything. How does that happen? I don't. Anaheim is known sometimes to live under a, a dome. I don't know <laughs> yeah. what it is. It's a happy I, weather I Sometimes dome. we don't get weather. We just get sky and that's it. <laughs> Welcome to the Truman Show where they control the weather. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Larry, you guys are further down south than we are. Did, did the rain hit you guys? Yeah, we got a good portion of rain in the middle of summer, which we're like, what? the heck i don't know it was <laughs> it was weird you know you go outside and you're like oh it's raining okay cool and you smelled that cool rain smell that the yeah. fresh dirt, yeah. right but then you're like yeah it's gross is this florida <laughs> what happened <laughs> is that how bad it gets <laughs> in florida is that like yes. the mugginess because i hear people talk yes. about it but i've never experienced like i i know that people go to disney world and they're like one minute it's great next minute it's like ew for reals, for reals, like, okay, Andrew and I, we have plenty of stories where you could be walking, come out of an attraction, put it that way, come out of an attraction, you went into attraction, no other, nothing. And then all of a sudden you're walking out, rain, and then you walk Down out board. and you're like, 10 minutes later, there's nothing. So yeah, it's, it's really trippy like that. Oh, Florida is wacky mm-hmm. with the weather. It's also like you, you're like, oh, you're in your hotel room. It's nice. You have the air conditioning on, whatever. And then you walk outside and it's just miserable. And you get in the car and it's great. And then you get out of the car. Oh, no. Yeah. This humidity again. I mean, granted, I don't know what it's like to be in Florida in like the winter months. True. Um, but it's been the spring and summer when I've been both times. So, well, that's a lie. It was like February, but it was not cold when I went the second time. So, yeah, it was just humid and gross, and, um, yeah, Florida, get your weather together, man. No. It's, uh, <laughs> shots fired. <laughs> Figure that out before I come and back, this would is, you? This is why Hazen's dealing with Mother Nature. You know, yeah. the state of Florida. Maybe it's Defiti. Maybe somebody stole the heart of Defiti, and she's not happy. It has, it's Taka now. Well, we don't know who we're dealing with if the weather's this erratic, right? Right. <laughs> Just put, it back. Just put it it's back. Just put it back. It's the rock. It's the rock. Put it back. Ah, that's funny. Hey, speaking of the rock, the Jungle Cruise is going to be coming out really soon at theaters and on Disney Plus. As a matter of fact, from the release of this episode, we're just days away from the world premiere. But the actual world premiere of the Jungle Cruise happened at Disneyland this past weekend. Yeah. Uh, uh, it looks like they set up the theater uh, uh, in the back by It's a Small World, where they normally have Mickey and the Magical Map. I mean, that theater's been dark ever since the pandemic hit and the park closed down. So it was kind of nice to see them actually using it for something. Uh, they posted videos on TikTok and Instagram of them putting up that giant screen in order to <laughs> do the screening. 
It looks like the park was absolute chaos. Big red carpet <laughs> event. Did any of you have the opportunity to watch some of the footage? Uh, Disneyland did a whole like hour and a half, hour 40 live stream, uh, similar to the red carpet events that they do for like the Grammys and, and all those other shows. Yeah. Did any of you catch any of that? I didn't catch much of it, but um, I just saw like snippets from social media because there was a couple of people who were there and it was really cool to see like the back, um, not the backside of water. Why did I want to say that? Um, <laughs> the back area of the tropical hideaway <laughs> and they had it all set up and um, the rock was there. And then I had seen uh, Jenny Lorenzo, who also does um abuelita from me too and whatnot so it was cool to see like different things and yeah just to see like where they were going and whatnot but it was cool it looked really cool and lucky people in the boats got to see them yeah i'm like oh yeah lucky (laughs) (laughs) yeah i saw some of it on um uh instagram i think uh parks blog posted some stuff on their stories and uh somebody else um but you get you know they you got to see like the skippers the whole front row of the screening was all the skippers nice. of, from Disneyland they all got a a hat that was like similar to one uh the rock wears in the show i think that's pretty cool and they're already up on eBay of um, course well they've been on eBay they gave them away when the Jungle Cruise, I think when the Jungle Cruise reopened, they were giving those out, or some oh, somehow somebody wow. they were giving Wait, those hats out. What? <laughs> That's an inside. Yeah, and they're up on eBay, um, like four hundred dollars or whatever people yeah, are asking pass. for everything yeah. on eBay. Um, <laughs> I'll let that one. Go I'll, I'll tell you what. Ship. We'll order one of those hats on Amazon for twenty five, and then we'll three D print some Mickey ears, and we'll attach them with some hot glue. You'll be golden. They'll look exactly yeah, I mean, the it's, same. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they don't have ears on them, but yeah, that'll be fine. It'll be fine. Oh, they, they did just say have like ears. jungle. The ones that I saw had well, ears on them. No, oh, the I ones think... I saw were like this, like white cap. That's right. like the one the Rock wears in the film. Yeah. film, and then and the it's like embroidered that, yeah. with the like Jungle Cruise logo on it. So Disney is releasing a Mickey ear head as well. That's what you're mentioning. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I saw that just Ooh. today. They put that at the store, which that's like eighty six dollars, and I don't know if they're offering uh, anything else on that. Like, yeah, these ones. ones are just like a like a giveaway thing not something they're going to sell these are just a giveaway okay so promotional thing the non mickey ears then i had no idea that they were sans mickey ears i think that's pretty cool yeah uh four hundred dollars worth cool i don't think so but definitely cool if you had an opportunity to put to get your hands on those the Mickey yeah, but ears. it's cool the skippers gotta the skippers gotta be there i thought that was really cool yeah that's awesome I mean, I this is one of those attractions that's so beloved by Disney fans, by cast members. Um, you know, when they did the world premieres for Pirates of the Caribbean, they really went all out for those as well. And I think they did a really great job. The difference was that those they projected on the Rivers of America, which I thought just doing that was an awesome way to view those films. This one... Because there's such a small footprint of Adventureland, it looks like a lot of them entered and exited through that area, but everything took place in the back right next to It's a Small World. Like I said, I like the fact that they did it there, not at the like Hyperion or anything like that, that they actually put that location, you know, um, that they did something with that location. But 
it, it definitely looked really crazy. I got to see. Well, let me let me say I actually listened to the premiere because while I was working, I had it playing in the background because it was close to two hours long. And if you've seen any red carpet events, it's a lot of, hey, here's a clip from the movie. Let's watch it. That was a great clip. Hey, here comes somebody that possibly worked. Yes, there it is. The director. Let's get a few words from the director. How are you? I'm great. Awesome. Thanks for being here. Awesome. How was it working on the movie? Great. Thanks for being here. And so it's very formulaic, right? Bring them in, ask them questions, get them out, bring them in. All red carpet events are exactly the same. I think the magic of this one was obviously the fact that there were cast members there. The skippers were there. The ambassadors were there. Justin, who was one of the ambassadors, or is currently still an ambassador for Disneyland, actually. Uh, he and Rafa are still ambassadors. He started off in the Jungle Cruise. He was a skipper ah. before he moved on in, in the company and you know went on to be an ambassador. So it was kind of nice to see him dressed up like a skipper again, kind Aww, of rallying yeah. everyone that was there. Believe it or not, Emily Blunt had never been on the Jungle Cruise before. She and The Rock oh, wrote wow. it for the very <laughs> first time. So, wow. Uh, I mean, that's kind of a like a cool thing for her, I guess, to star in the film and then finally experience it. If you didn't get a chance to watch it, I'll save you the trouble of finding it on YouTube. Uh, head over to podcasters.com slash 371, and I'll put the video there for you to watch. Uh, there was also some follow-up videos and a few... Uh, behind the scenes that they did when they were putting up the screens and they were getting everything ready for the red carpet event. I'll post those in the in the blog post as well. And I can't help you with the film. That's a that's a premiere plus thing. You got to help yourself on that one. So if you have <laughs> Disney Plus, order it. Or if you want to go to the movie theater and do the full movie theater experience the way that Andrew, I believe Melissa, Larry, are you guys on board to do the theater yet? I would do it if I knew what it was about. <laughs> like, if I got a little bit more, I, like I was saying, I'm waiting on everyone else to see what they're going to say about the movie first. Well, we'll let you know. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> I'm on pins and needles. Now, I have a question about that because I know two other people that feel the exact same way. I'm on the boat of, I don't even care. Like, I'm not <laughs> saying that it's bad, right? Pun intended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> uh, great catch. Uh, now, I'm not saying that the movie's bad, obviously, because I know nothing about it. Uh, I have seen the trailer, and I kind of have an idea. Uh, I thought it was going to be more like Society of uh, Explorers and Adventurers, but it doesn't look like it's going to take that route. It's going to be telling the story of the skipper named Frank and, you know, the adventures that they go on. Uh, I felt that I owed it to myself to just watch the film because it's an attraction film, right? I yeah. watch Haunted Mansion, and that one wasn't great. And I was like, all right, I'll keep watching it whenever I can. And I have many times, more than I possibly want to admit to it by this point. But I feel like this is just one of those where regardless of where it falls, I think you just kind of have to watch it as a Disney fan. I mean, am I wrong on that one, or am I giving it too much credit? Like, what do you guys think? I think they've learned their lesson, I guess, maybe, um, where 
you know, we had Haunted Mansion, we had Country Bears, and they kind of took a long break on making attraction films. Uh, so, I mean, you know, they, they've had that Haunted Mansion movie in development for who knows how. I can't even remember when it was announced, the Guillermo del Toro one. So, Forever. Um, yeah, and then he's not even attached to it anymore. And then da, 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 anyway, Space Mountain movie, all this other stuff. Magic, what was the uh, Magic Kingdom, Keep Kingdom Keepers movie. Like, there's a bunch of stuff that's in development. Who knows when it's ever going to happen? So, um, I think you're right. I think we... If we want to keep getting attraction films, which I don't know if you want to or not, but if you want to, then you have to go out and support it to keep them thinking that this is a viable thing to make movies out of. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that's a great point, too, because remember when we talked about the the possible SEA series that's coming to Disney Plus and how there was all these rumors that was possibly a producer and a director and everything attached to it. At the time, our speculation was that the Jungle Cruise movie would lead directly into that and create a cinematic universe for the SEA and pretty much expand everything that was in the parks, but in movie form and on Disney Plus, the same way that they're doing with the MCU. I mean, I, I know I'm not alone in saying that I think that would just be phenomenal. That would be fantastic. That would be a really great way to bring these Easter eggs and these gems of storytelling from the parks and tell the story in a different way in a long form manner where a lot more people can be uh, just a part of the SEA in general. But the more that I'm finding out about the Jungle Cruise, the more I'm seeing that that's not the case. Unless they make something in the Jungle Cruise canon. Because it, it looks like they do have some of the jokes and they have implemented some of the things that we uh, know about you know, from the attraction, obviously the backside of water joke has been in the trailers and we hear it. So we know that stuff is there. Like Trader Sam's is there. Uh, Trader Sam is a little different. They have a, a female actor playing Trader Sam in this version. So how that's all going to play into if they do this universe, if at all, or will it change anything on the Jungle Cruise attractions? You know, we saw it with Johnny Depp. We've always said we hope that they don't add the rock. We don't this. We don't that. But what if it does change the attraction? You know, would it be for the better? Do we want to leave it? Have we seen the end of the enhancements? Who knows, right? Yeah. I think it. Yeah, all. I think it's all up in the air at this point until we see what happens with the film. Yeah. If it's a. If it's a. You know what? This is what brings all the movie theaters out of out of the rut that they're in and everybody has to clamor back to the theaters to see the rock and Emily Blunt ride a boat. Um, I, you know, then, then maybe we get more, you know, we get a rock walk around rock, which I don't know <laughs> if that's possible. That's going to be hard to accomplish and a walk around Frank something or another and a walk around. I don't know. Emily Blunt's even character's <laughs> first name, but I think she's uh, Lily Hofton. Dr. Okay. Dr. Lily. Lily Hofton, yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, that would be something really cool to have these characters that in Disneyland could live in Adventureland and, you know, have some presence, you know, other than just the attractions. Because other lands have meet and greets, have walk around characters, whatever. And Disney World, like, uh, 
their Adventureland has Pirates of the Caribbean. That's where Jack Sparrow kind of wanders around, does his little whatever. Um, and it, our Adventureland doesn't really have anything like that. So it would be kind of interesting to have kind of those streetmosphere characters that you would mm-hmm. used to see in like Frontierland or, you know, even uh, Buena Vista Street, um, stuff like that. So it's all on this movie to get us uh, new fun things, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, totally. I completely agree with that. It's a it's really great timing, obviously, and whether or not it was planned like this to release uh, behind the attraction on Disney Plus this last week as well. It's a very synergistic approach, right? Because mm-hmm. The Rock is not only in the Jungle Cruise, he's also a producer. His company made the film. Uh, Seven Bucks Productions also worked on Behind the Attraction. And wouldn't you know it, the very first episode of the series focuses on the Jungle Cruise. So I don't think it's a mistake that they're doing it like that. Uh, I also think that The Rock brings, or I mean, I should just call him Dwayne from now on because I don't think he really uses The Rock moniker. He really just goes by Dwayne Johnson now. But uh, I think... The way that he approaches projects is, I mean, he puts so much into them and so much of himself into it that I don't think I've ever been disappointed by something that I've seen him put together, like his production company put together. Like, it's always really well done. Mm -hmm. I've been watching Behind the Attraction, and, you know, the Imagineering story, I think, brought this element of knowledge about the parks and what the Imagineers do in a very uh, documentarian storytelling way that seems serious, right? Right. But mm-hmm. behind yeah. the attraction brings this real, it, it does the same thing, but it does it in this really zany, fun way in the way that they're tossing out jokes and the way that they're talking about certain things. Have any of you started watching Behind the Attraction yet? Yeah, definitely. I've watched all five that, have, that <laughs> right are out. <laughs> right on. I, yeah, I I knocked them out pretty quick. We watched. I think we watched four at once, and then we watched the final one uh, this past uh, over the weekend. But it's the I know there. It's made by the same people that did the um, the toys that made us. Yeah on Netflix, but it also reminds me of, I mean, the same, the style is, um, all those like, I love the eighties. Remember that on like VH one. Oh, I don't yeah. know if it's the same company, <laughs> but it's all the same stuff. And I really like those shows. So it's, you know, it's really kind of a fun, fun thing to kind of pull these, these things out and kind of have a little bit of humor and, um, a little fun with them and uh, Paget Brewster did a great job mm-hmm. of uh, narrating everything. So what I thought was imag- um, Imagineering story was more like you said documentary but this behind the attraction is more like a fan's point of view and little things like it just seemed a lot more laid back with how they were presenting the story or showing us the different little tidbits that it, okay I'm gonna say it like this it's because some of us just dwell into history go into history it's fun to like hear that and then learn like just a little bit more 
And I think that's what the show does. And it just brings you in. Like, it really does. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's some things that... The reason I am not... I don't want to watch all of them is because I'm like... I want to sit down and just pay full attention to everything. And that's that's why I stopped that episode two. I'm like, okay, that was a lot. And episode two is Haunted Mansion. So it was just like, okay, break. The next one, um, it's going to just, it just gets fun. And it's like, no, I want to wait. I want to wait because I don't want to finish it yet. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's fun. It's totally a fun ride while watching it yeah definitely uh mm -hmm. and i think they set it up in such a way that they did take some of the most iconic attractions and they laid it out in an order where they were where they knew they were going to captivate people enough mm -hmm. to watch the rest of them and then come back for a season two later on right because it's jungle cruise mansion star tours tower of terror Okay, yeah. and they do talk about Tower of Terror into Mission Breakout, and then Space Mountain is is what they cap off the the first season with. What I like about it is how they get into not only the attraction at Disneyland, but how it inspired the attractions at the other parks, the differences, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. how they had to work the differences, and how they worked the culture into each one, which I thought was was really interesting. Now. I, I will say, and this was something that Andrew commented on earlier before we started recording, it, it's that for for a lot of us that tend to watch a lot of videos, a lot of documentaries, a lot of behind-the-scenes Disney things, a lot of the things that you're going to find in Behind the Attraction, you may already know. I mean, I think when I was watching the Mansion one, I knew like 90 to 95% of what they were saying in the episode because I just love the attraction so much that I try to keep up with anything new. I try to read as right. many articles as possible, etc. So uh, if you are into reading stuff about Disney history, a lot of it may not be new to you, but the presentation is really well done. And that, I think, is what's really fun about it. One of the things that I've really enjoyed about this series is how they've begun to highlight Imagineers that we normally do not hear about. Because yeah. we have our fan favorites and we have the ones that become the face of Imagineering, like our Joe Rohde's and our Tony Baxter's, right? And Joe Rohde is a part of this series. But you begin to find out others that worked on these huge projects that whose names you've never heard of before. And I know that when I was watching uh, the Mansion episode, I kind of lost it. Because when we were watching it, we were watching it as a family, and I kind of almost giggled like a little kid when I saw Dan Joseph come on the, uh, on the screen. Dan Joseph is the creator of the new Hatbox Ghost, right? And he's always mm -hmm. been this huge Yale Gracie fan. And I remember meeting him at D23 years ago. And when I knew that he was the one behind the Hatbox Ghost, I, I mean, I kind of like, lost it right i was like <laughs> giddy i was like a little kid at christmas and so seeing him get highlighted and seeing how he's going to become a much bigger household name because of something like this and seeing the other imagineers do the same uh, i don't know it brought this happiness to my heart that 
you know, we've talked about before that there's all these unsung heroes at Imagineering that you never hear about. Like, this is the opportunity to sing the praises of all those heroes, right? And mm-hmm. I love that about this series. Yeah, it's it seems to be, like, a good... If you thought, you know, if you're a person and said, oh, this the Imagineering story looks very daunting. It looks like it's too much information, something I don't know a lot about, and you want something a little more light, a little more, you know, easygoing. This kind of gives you the, the good... <clears throat> excuse me. The good... Uh, basic history of things in a good overview and a fun tone that um, is not really going to overload you too much, but it does give you a lot of good information. That's a good way to um, see it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it gives you a good, a good, good jumping off point to see if this is something you're more interested in. And then you could go into the Imagineering story and really go in depth uh, with the company and the Imagineers. Um, but Hazen, this is the first five episodes. I'm pretty sure are just the first half of season one. There's another five that, at least what they've announced, there's another five that's technically part of season one. I think they just don't have oh, said what they're gonna. I thought the other five um, were going to get split up into season two. I don't know uh, when they originally announced it. They said here are the first ten episodes, and then on the page, the uh, Wikipedia page I'm looking at, they list them. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So I oh, don't know. Okay. So um, I don't know exactly what's going on, but originally when it was announced, they said here's the first ten, and I took that as to being a first, uh, first season, first whatever. So I think they might just be, maybe we'll get another five in five weeks or something, giving people a good chunk. They're doing a weird thing because usually like, okay, we're releasing one a week, one a week, one a week, one a week. And then here's all five of these. So I don't, I don't know what they're doing with that, but yeah, I mean, we know what the next five are at least. You know what? I just saw the list. You are absolutely correct. I thought that they were going to end up splitting up the other five as a, as a new season. And that's why they released only the first five. Maybe they changed their, yeah, I, you know, maybe they changed their mind because the other episodes don't even have a release date at this point. True. But which we didn't know a release date of this until not too long ago, anyway. That's true. That's true. Uh, but the next five episodes that Andrew's talking about revolve around the castles, which would be the sixth one, the Disneyland Hotel, It's a Small World, trains, trams, and monorails, and then the Hall of Presidents caps off all of the episodes at least that they've announced thus far yeah uh yeah i mean you know honestly regardless of how it's released whether it's a season two or like season one part two i'm glued to it man i'm so sold on this yeah yeah you get to see some old some old imagineering friends some new imagineering friends you know you get a little bit tony in there you get a little bit of john hench in there mark davis Mm -hmm. everybody yeah those john hench uh interviews are fun it's like <laughs> they they do a good job of editing um all the little funny quirks that happen in yeah. these interviews and like presentations there was several moments that made me laugh especially during the haunted mansion episode where they were talking about mark davis and they oh actually in both the haunted mansion and in the jungle cruise one where they would talk about Mark Davis, and they're like, Mark Davis was brought in because he's the gag man. He's the funny one. But every clip of Mark Davis is like, yes, this is an announcement <laughs> yeah. that I'm making about what I'm showing he's you like, today. S- he's so serious. He's very sleepy. Yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> so funny. 
And I love the contrast that it brings to the editing of those episodes. So if you haven't had an opportunity to watch Behind the Attraction, we definitely recommend it. It's definitely one of the better things that's on recently on Disney+. Plus. Um, and, of course, The Jungle Cruise. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I won't be going to the movie theater. We'll be watching it on Premiere uh, Access, which, ironically enough, I haven't been able to confirm this. This is definitely just a rumor at this point, so take it uh, with a grain of salt. I don't want to spread the rumor of it, but... I was hearing that it's possible that after the Jungle Cruise movie, uh, Premiere Access might be going away from Disney+. Plus. And the rationale behind it is that uh, the movie theaters obviously want as many people to come into the theaters to watch the movies because they make a lot of their money from concessions and people actually being there. And what we saw with Black Widow was that it brought in a ton of money on its opening weekend. Now, Disney did not release any further information about what happened after that initial weekend, but we did see that it brought in close to 160 million gross revenue. And that is not a number to laugh at. Just from Disney Plus, uh, I think they brought in like 80 million opening weekend. And 80 million is a lot that the movie theaters was, would lose out on. Uh, I know that Disney's trying to keep as much money as possible during the pandemic. They're trying to cater to people's needs as much as possible. But I also understand movie theaters are struggling, right? And I right. know that they have this set percentage. I don't know what it's set at, but I, I think Disney's already gone through the process of renegotiating the percentage that they get from movie theaters as far back as like Age of Ultron when they realize that the MCU is really picking up and they end up with more of that money. If Premiere Access goes away, I know that some of you are already really big on going to the movie theater. What do you think the impact would be on movies going forward? Like we have Shang-Chi coming soon. We have more Marvel stuff coming. Do you think they'll take the hit or people will just say all right cool we're just gonna go to the movies to watch this that's a real toss-up um i think with some of these bigger marvel films um that might be what they're banking on uh draw wise to kind of bring these back the, the theaters back bring people back to the theaters because i mean you you look at the Black Widow, what'd you say, 160 million or something? Yeah, it was like 160 gross revenue. Disney Plus brought in 60, um, and then domestic was 80. So, um, if you compare that to like pre pandemic Marvel films, it's a pittance compared to what it, mm -hmm. what, you know. So, they're, I'm sure they're upset. Um, you know, Black Widow was made with, you know, before in the before times <laughs> where, um, you know, I don't know what the budget of Black Widow was, but I'm sure it was a good chunk of change. And who knows if they even made up most of their money back or not. So I'm sure they're trying to, you know, test, figure out whatever, anything that they can do to um, start getting that close to a billion dollars um and i know um the I, is it correct i don't think the movie has premiered in china yet I, um or if it 
Yeah, yeah I don't believe sure. that it has. Um, but just uh, just so you know, I did a quick search right now, and it looks like the estimated budget for Black Widow was two hundred million. And by the end of the July eleventh weekend, which was about a week or two ago, uh, t- a couple of weeks ago, it had grossed two fifteen. Okay, so it's barely, you know, we we have a couple weeks on it now, but it's it's not making the money when they when they made the film, they were anticipating a different world than we currently are in. Yeah. So, um I'm sure, you know, somebody's not happy about that. Bob Chapek's probably not too happy about it. Um whoever's in, you know, Kevin Feige might not be too happy, but the movie, you know, accepted well you know it's rated very well as a good film it's just it's people need to be comfortable with going back to the theater because i think a lot of these people want to have the experience you know i know marvel uh films for me we all get a big group together go out and see it you know midnight or whatever you know everybody gets together as a big event yeah um where now it's like okay well Everybody's got their different levels of being comfortable at the theater. Um, and then some people, you know, like Hazen, you know, is completely fine with watching at home. It makes more economic sense, you know, with four plus yeah. people. Um, yeah. But there's all the people in the middle that don't really like want to watch it at home, but they also don't feel comfortable going to the film, going to the uh, movie theater yet. So I think it's, Black Widow especially is like in this weird catch-22 situation. And I think it's going to be like that for a while. Um, so I, that kind of doesn't bode well for Jungle Cruise and other upcoming films, you know, especially with how the world is going right now with, you know, Florida's going back into whatever emergency mode or certain towns in Florida or whatever. But besides the point. It's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. I'm, I guess. I, I lost my train of thought halfway through the sentence. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's a lot it's to digest, It's just rambling right? from here. It is. Yeah, it it's is. a lot to digest. The only thing, I'm just hoping that they do keep Premiere Access for just a little while more. Well, that's what we were talking it's, about. It's, um, I mean, for, for so many reasons. One, um. I'm going to say it again, pausing. I could pause and go to the restroom. Yeah. It's one of those things that it's like, I would, you know, for a long film, I would love to do that. And I understand the other side of having to make that money in theaters. But right now it's kind of like, we're still kind of teetering. I mean, as things are going, we're all like figuring out things and whatnot and, I wish, I mean, I really hope that they keep it for the many reasons we already said. And yeah, okay, so I did say I was going to go to the theaters, but I may stay at home because it's so comfortable. (laughs) That's the one thing is comfort. Got your snacks, got right. your squishy couch, got your blanket, got talk. whatever you it, want. I could talk during the movie. You could talk. You could. Bu- what is going on? That's not in the ride. Right. Or what? if I need to like see something, IMDb. I don't know. Yeah, pause it. Look at the, what is that on the screen? Like he did with Loki. Like oh, there's there's uh, 
uh, the Throg. Oh, Throg and Jungle Cruise? What? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, you have Throg. that kind of thing. And, you know, a lot of people have been doing that. They've been able to watch a movie or and, you know, check really fast if who saw how many Easter eggs and the list and whatnot. So, repeatability too like you yeah. brought up before yeah you can watch it however many you once you have it on premiere access you have mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. until it's on disney plus yeah so that's i mean that's a great advantage you can you know for the money you can watch it you know you basically you know for for a couple um you know tina and i spent you know 28 bucks to go to just for the tickets on fandango or whatever not an ad, uh, <laughs> but, but then, uh, um, you know, then we got there like, Oh, well we want a soda. We've talked about this before. Want a popcorn, want a candy, you know, we've got, you know, 50 bucks or whatever mm-hmm. just for the two of us. So it would have been cheaper to stay home, but you don't have that, that movie theater feeling yeah. that, I mean, every, everybody, you know, I, I'm in the live theater business. So I, you know, it's, it's a, um, kind of thing that, you know, everybody knows that the, the feeling you are there, it's like, this is an event. This is a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've talked about it before. But, yeah, it's going to, yeah, I'm going to stop talking. Keep <laughs> this kind of applies <laughs> exactly this point that you bring up, and applies to me very recently. Uh, my family came up from Northern California to visit us, and a majority of them hadn't even watched Black Widow. Oh. Um, they were Spanish-speaking. And I got to watch it with them in Spanish, which was really cool. Nice. But I put English subtitles because I'm not bilingual. (laughs) (laughs) But it was pretty cool to watch that with them. But for Disney, that's not cool. Uh, Because now I just gave the, what, four or five, no, six in total, I would think, more people not only an additional view, but some a first view, and they might never go watch it in theaters. I'm kind of on the side of... I would love to be where Melissa's at where, yeah, keep it going. We don't feel like this is a point you need to give. If you're going to truly test something, like there's got to be profit margins they're making by not putting this in theaters and putting it direct on their, you know, platform. You know, that's not there. They don't have to worry about no middleman. Uh, there's got to be different profit lines there. But the other side of me is thinking this is probably going to be something that goes back to the theaters. There's just and looking at Disneyland, you look at that example they say they reduce capacity, but really that, you know, we're seeing the parks pretty full. This is the same thing. They would be like, we need to put these back in the theaters because that's the only way we get people back to go watch it, pay that full price. And it supports the theater. I would think what may get renegotiated is what we have been seeing prior to this, which is the streaming companies trying to get an edge is the time it's available in the theater before it becomes available on a streaming service. And this makes sense yeah. to me because now you're doubling up on profit because you go, Hey, you could go watch it in the first month or even I would think they'd push it five weeks or six weeks after that, between the time it's not on available Disney plus streaming, you could pay $30 or wait until it becomes available, which is like probably eight to 10 weeks of it later. So, I mean, that's where I think that that's going to happen quick. I do feel like, we might like what you're seeing that rumor we might see that come to fruition real quick that they say the next two marvel movies are straight to the theater first and then if you want to watch it on disney premiere you have to wait at least four to five weeks something like that yeah yeah other studios were doing that uh pre-pandemic they were um right you know first couple weeks in theaters and then yeah you can buy you know watch it on 
on uh, HBO or one of the other pay streaming yeah, service like like Voodoo <laughs> or something. Um, so it's not an unheard concept. So it's I you know I don't see why they wouldn't try and make as much money as they can off of it. Yeah. Um, also, while appeasing the uh, the movie theaters. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a lot of pieces. I, I mean, you made a lot of really great points, Larry. I I do. I think what you're saying would play really well with what we talked about not too long ago, where if they could cut a deal where they say, look, we won't make it available for five weeks for free on Disney Plus. But what if, you know, we subsidized your ticket and we gave it away for a single viewing, you know, for repeatability or we offered it at a discount rate, like $15 versus 30. If you show us a scan of your ticket stub or something like that. Right. That would be a great approach on a consumer level because it does give you the ability to get the best of both worlds if that's something that you want, right? You get the theater experience, you get the pausing and taking your pee break whenever you want to, you know, aspect of it. But in general, uh, you know, the theaters are just at a point where they need the revenue. They've suffered so much. Streaming services blossomed during the pandemic because people were always home. But the further that we get into it, like you were talking about, Larry, Disneyland keeps reopening up and more people seem to be coming. They want to do the same thing with theaters, right? And so if you think about it, in the MCU, there's a handful of movies that are really like people are just looking forward to seeing these films, right? Obviously, Spider-Man is one of them. Doctor Strange is another. Quantumania. So why haven't we seen trailers for them? You know, because if you think about it, whenever Disney had these big blockbuster films in the theater, there was always the exclusive extended trailer that came before the film for their next big movie. So what they might be waiting for is for people to go to the theater to watch Shang-Chi and then they get the exclusive extended trailer for the next Spider-Man film. It's the only way that you'll be able to watch it. Right. So it entices people to go if they really want to see it. Uh, I mean, they'd have to really have some discipline regarding not posting it on YouTube the very next day or at midnight right after it releases, because they tend to do that. Right. It's like exclusive to the theaters. Boom. It's on YouTube two hours later. You know, so for sure there would need to be some discipline. It would make sense for them to do something like that. But Overall, uh, I, I, I will tell you that I miss that experience you're talking about, Andrew. The get a bunch of group of people together, midnight release, go watch the film, stay up till 4 o'clock in the morning, feeling like you're dizzy from staying up. But it's like, yeah, Thanos, man, yeah. He, he went like this. <laughs> Everybody was gone. Yeah. yeah, it was great. You know, it's like you feel like you're half drunk from not sleeping. Worth it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't get that, right? I mean, you could try yeah. to mimic that at home, but it's weird because you just fall asleep on the couch and it's like, ha, ha, old man. My kids do that to me all the time. Uh, it's not fun. I start the movie at midnight happens. and fall yeah. asleep at 1230. Yeah. And, and have as to watch much, it the next day. Yeah. And as much as Disney's really tried to cater to that group of people by adding like the party aspect where multiple people can watch it together, you can interact. It's not the same. You know, I've and I will be the first to say that, you know, when you go to the movies, you really shouldn't be talking about it anyway. You should be enjoying the film and then talk about it after. 
<laughs> but the camaraderie that comes along with it, it's definitely something that I miss. I mean, all the times that we went out and did Podcateers Day at the movies, man, those were some of the funnest get-togethers we did. You know, yeah. so I think getting to a point where we can do those again is certainly something I'm looking forward to. I'm considering doing the whole movie thing and renting out the theater like they allow you to do for up to 20 people where, you know, I can get a bunch of friends and family that I know I feel safe around and then we can watch the movie together. Uh, And more places seem to be doing that and it seems to be working. Right. So Mm -hmm. I I think, like you said, Andrew, that comfort level is going to be different. I, I think I've expressed where my comfort levels lie, but finding those ways to get people back to the theater is going to be crucial for the survival of these establishments. But more importantly, if Disney doesn't make their money back, we're not going to get these films anymore, at least not to this blockbuster level that we were used to seeing prior to the pandemic. So, uh, so many things to think about. Uh, I'm definitely again, Jungle Cruise, looking forward to it, regardless of how I think it will tie into the attraction or into the SEA lore that we hope comes to Disney Plus at some point. If Premiere Access went away, do you think you would be more likely to go to a movie theater? Would you be more likely to rent out a movie theater with a bunch of friends and family to watch a film? Or would you just wait the five or six months that was customary to wait when a movie finally went to Blu-ray, you know, before. (laughs) Maybe that's the timeline we're going to be waiting for again for something to premiere on Disney+. Plus. Sound off in the comments section. Join the conversation over on Discord. If you haven't joined us there yet, it's super simple. You can join our community by going over to the blog post for this episode, podcateers.com slash 371 or podcateers.com. You'll see an invite to the Discord server there. Click on it. It'll launch the link. It'll get you signed up within a matter of seconds. We'd love to hear your thoughts, and uh, let's continue the conversation there. A couple other things I wanted to bring up to wrap up uh, a couple other things that we talked about. But before we do, I do want to remind you that this episode of Podcateers is brought to you by a fantastic group of listeners known as the FGP Squad. The FGP Squad is, uh, well, we call them our podcast fairy godparents, but they call themselves the FGP Squad because, quite frankly, it hurts your thumbs less to type out hashtag FGP squad than it does hashtag <laughs> Podcateers Fairy Godparents. And I don't blame them. FGP squad, they're awesome. They help us out with a monthly contribution via Patreon. And that contribution gets you some additional perks like the Podcateers Happy Hour call that we do every month. We uh, have exclusive discount codes. There is the Podcateers After Show. You get random mailings, all sorts of good stuff. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. You can also go to podcateers.com slash FGP for more information. There you'll find the info on how to sign up on Patreon, what it's all about, a list of some of the FGP squad members. So to all of the members of the FGP squad, we just want to send a huge thank you, as always, for your continued support. Oh, before we continue, also, I do want to mention that... Walk for Hope is going to be Team Boat Willie's next event that we're going to be participating in. We're going to get that page up and running very soon. We're going to be raising money to try to fight women's cancers uh, because cancer sucks. 
So we are going to have our page up very soon. If you want to join our team and help us fundraise, all of that information is going to be available very soon on podcasters.com. If you follow us on Instagram, we're also going to be posting that info there. You can either make a donation or you can join our team and help us fundraise. We have some auctions coming up for some items that we have uh, from recent park trips. Also, some things that people have donated very generously to help us out with our fundraising efforts uh, and some other stuff that's going to be coming up as part of it. More information coming soon. Super excited about it. Stay tuned for that. Okay, so before we wrap up the podcast for today, I had to wrap a couple things up that we talked about in previous episodes because it was super exciting. We actually talked about this in the after show. Remember, we were talking about how if you synced up the last episode of WandaVision and you synced up the last episode of Loki... And the moment that Scarlet Witch becomes the Scarlet Witch, right? That Wanda's all like, and like, you know, the transformation (laughs) happens and stuff. That you see the red magic in the background in Loki. And then uh, Kang is like, oh, we've crossed the threshold, right? And it's supposed to like sync up and it's like, boom, that was the moment. Well, Kate Heron, who directed the episode of Loki has confirmed that that was just an accident. (laughs) She said (laughs) it was just a coincidence because at the time that they were airing the final episode of Wanda, they hadn't even filmed episode six. Now here's the deal though. She could just be saying that because she's required by Kevin to say that true, but it could just be that they're throwing this red herring out there to gui- kind of get us off the scent because people are getting too close to figuring out what's really happening in the MCU, right? So if that's the case, then awesome. I think everybody's on the right track. I've loved watching all of these videos with all of the speculations that people are bringing to the table about the shows. Uh, I love just kind of hearing all of the theories and how they possibly connect because it's funny that the theories end up helping me learn more about the characters and the stories in the comics, right? Because I want to confirm what people have said and I jump into this rabbit hole where what should have been a 15 minute dive into something turns into nine hours (laughs) of, Oh my God, I should have been asleep eight hours ago, you know? So Uh, It is great and it is bad, but it's great mostly. And this whole theory of how they sync up, she may have said, okay, that it was coincidental. I don't believe her. I'll just say it. I don't believe her. Not one bit. No. I mean, I I went over it a couple of times. It's like, okay, so if you sync up around the 27-minute mark of WandaVision and 27-minute mark of Loki, just kind of simultaneously how I did it was I put one on the TV and then one on my phone or my tablet at the same time. And there's just so much similarity in even sound. That's the part that freaks me out. And I was like, what? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like how – I mean, I know. And like you said, if it is all speculation, I mean, there's things – plenty of things like you know you talk about people play records backwards and do all these things that you hear weird things it's just cool enough to find this little ink link of such a crazy tie together i mean i i'm almost i'm with you hazen on this i i i want to believe like yeah just let it go and it's just something crazy serendipitous that happened but there's just 
so much in that part too. Even when he drops yes. the thing on the table, yes, and Agatha's coming down. I mean, dude, you, if you guys haven't done this, just try it. It is crazy madness. I'm but, so glad you brought that <laughs> up because yes, the coincidences are too many to ignore. And for us to think that she's not trying to take us off the scent of something bigger that's coming, right? I'm I'm almost convinced that at some point, uh, an, an, like the film, you know, Doctor Strange or something is going to even sync up with those two pieces. Like 27 minutes into the film, you know, that the, at crazy. the beginning, 27 minutes into Doctor Strange, something's going to happen where it all syncs up to this as well, you know, and maybe even Quantumania right. and maybe even Spider-Man. And I don't know, but I feel like there's going to be this trend. And once we can prove it, we're going to be like, oh, yeah, Kate Heron, you're wrong. <laughs> you're, you lied to us. I would just be like, yeah, good way to pull one over us, you know, because that's <laughs> that's their job. They they yeah. can't let the, they let that out so quick. Then people like us are going to just like you said, just start keep going with what we already see. But I think just asking all the rest of you guys of this, when you watched Loki season finale and that part and that scene when he's going off and he's talking about, didn't you just feel like the timing was awkward when you're watching that scene originally? I did. That That's what first kind of led me to this. Like, what? Why is he like? Who's he talking to and what's he doing? Like that part alone watching it, what did you guys feel like the first time you saw it? It made you think. It made you think a little bit and it's the music. Because the yeah. way that they, like you're talking about how they tied in the music and everything's happening. You're just like, wait, what? That's when we started seeing like the red and whatnot. And we don't know what's happening at the time. But yeah, it was just trippy. Just trippy how everything played out. Yeah, it was. Um, it's hard to remember, but <laughs> I'm I'm trying to think back, and I agree with what you're saying. Like the timing, like the like the pacing of every like of okay, these lines. Why are these lines going slow and these lines are going fast? And the you know, and why why are we lingering so much on this kind of thing when we could be building? You know, we could be doing something else or you know whatever, or ending this sooner because they don't have a. Um, a time they have to stick with. I mean, right. we saw that with WandaVision. We saw it with this, like they're the length of these series episodes, you know, Mandalorian too, you know, exactly. they're like Mandalorian was like, what anywhere from like 25 to like 45 minutes <laughs> yeah. or something like, yeah, yeah. so they don't have a time they have to stick through, stick with. So they could have, you know, tightened that up a little bit, but they didn't for some reason. Yeah. So here's my theory behind that. Okay. So I know exactly what okay. you're talking about, Larry. There was two things that made it feel awkward to me, knowing that the original final episode of Loki was not the original intended episode to end season one. The fact that they changed right. everything and they gave Jonathan Majors such a bigger part at the end, from what I know or what the writers talked about is that Miss Minutes was supposed to have like a 20 minute segment almost where she was going back and forth with Loki and Sylvie before they even revealed uh, Kang's character, right? And because they made all these edits and they added so many other parts to it, uh, you know, in in writing, there's something called the rule of three, where it follows this very rhythmic pattern about how certain things happen, and the way that they revealed it almost broke that pattern, and it just felt awkward. But that's why when it synced up with WandaVision and that theory came out, I was like, oh, they did this on purpose. 
this was totally done on purpose, and I personally bought that hook, line, and sinker. Uh, then, mm-hmm. on top of that, there's people that are saying that they've gone back and watched WandaVision, and that they noticed that they re-edited the final scene, where if you pay attention, it looks like somebody's floating down in the background <laughs> into the cabin. Me and my niece talked about this. We just talked about this. This is funny how you bring because I just had family visiting. We slowed it down. I put on my glasses to watch this scene <laughs> over and over again. Yeah, and WandaVision, the last part of the episode. It is insane. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, baby. So it's crazy to me that these changes are happening and that these coincidences, as Kate Herring calls them, are happening. And I <laughs> really don't think they're coincidences. They are master storytellers. And they just uh, maybe they felt people got a little too close to revealing the wizard. And they were like, you know what? Let's pull the curtain back a little further, you know, in that direction so that we can mask what's happening behind the curtain a little bit more. So. I don't know. I I don't think it's a coincidence. We'll see. I wouldn't be surprised again if going into Multiverse of Madness or any of the upcoming films that at 27 minutes we find a way to sync them all up and things happen where it's like, I told you. I told you. <laughs> that would be I mean, a whole other reason I got to get another screen. Just great. <laughs> just to watch it all. That's funny. Oh, and, and one more thing. And this is just food for thought, okay? This is what we'll end the episode with. And anybody out there, obviously, if you're a Marvel fan, uh, and if you're an Apple fan, obviously, you might know this rule as well. But Apple has, uh, you all know, you remember the end of Black Widow, right? Val appears. And oh, by the way, let me take the sticker out. I saw this on TikTok, and it kind of blew me away. What is that? The logo for what? Oh, TVA. TVA. TV. Yeah. TV. He's holding a TVA logo. What does it say now? <gasps> Val. Stop. Oh, my God. If you flip over the TVA logo, it spells out Val. Uh-huh. Now, here's Are the thing. Are you kidding me? Here's oh. the thing. Oh, uh, no. At the end, we show Val, right? She appears out of nowhere, right? And so there's speculation yeah, that maybe she back. had her own, like, <laughs> maybe she had her own way of teleporting to, you know, to, to do that scene and stuff. And then she shows this picture of of Hawkeye to Yelena and it's like, oh, you want to know who's responsible for the thing with your sister? Blah, 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 right? And everybody's like, da-da-da, leading into Hawkeye. But here's the thing, though. Apple has a deal with Hollywood where they do not allow their devices to appear in the hands of villains. They only allow their products to appear in the hands of heroes. So what does oh that make no Val idea. and Yelena? Boom! Wow. No, he's absolutely, you're absolutely right. That is a contract Apple's had for a long time. Whoa, okay. I don't Boom, know. right? <laughs> that's pretty good. So wow. that's what okay. we're going to end the episode on. Food for thought. Join the conversation. Hit the comment section. Let us know what you think. Join us over on Discord. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Any other theories? Anything else that we talked about in the episode? Any final thoughts before we wrap up? Uh, random thing, not related to anything I was talking about. I <laughs> went on. I went love on it. the Apple Podcast uh, listing for Podcasters, and you know, since I uh, since I'm a little vain person, and I was like, oh, did any has anybody commented or said anything since we started? There's not been a review 
of Podcateers since 2018. And so, you know what, friends, everybody out there, FGP, if you haven't, maybe maybe go write a nice little thing. It doesn't have to be about me. Just a five-star review. I don't like – I know Hazen probably doesn't like to, you know, ask for reviews and stuff, but I'll do it because why not? That go, go write a nice thing and maybe more people get a listen to this show. Um, because that the 2018 is quite a long time away, uh, like ways uh, back for not having reviews. So that I just happened upon this week and I thought I should bring it up. So, uh, that's my final, uh, thing to say. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's a great thing to wrap up on because you're right. I don't like to ask. I have, I'm very fragile. Only nice things. Only say nice. If you don't have anything nice to say, then, then don't say it. But if you have something nice, it would be nice to hear from you. It's like I said that in a weird zinga patient. <laughs> it's like on the Jungle Cruise, right? Oh. It's like if you enjoyed this podcast, my name is Hazen. Please make sure to leave a comment. If you didn't enjoy it, my name is Alfred. Alfred. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, Mel, Larry, any final comments before we wrap up today? I'm good. No, I'm I'm, st- still. I'm still tripping out on Val. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, yeah, I think that was a, right? that was a heavy <laughs> moment, folks. Uh, just to reiterate, the TVA logo, flip it over. It might be somewhere else. So I don't know how you found that, Hazen, but that is just, man. TikTok. Bum, bum, bum. Crazy. Um, all right. Crazy. That's going to wrap up this episode. So until next time, keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Bye. See ya. Lates.